0: Welcome to the Deep Impact Investing Podcast with Kimberly Griego-Kyle of Horizon Sustainable Financial Services. In this podcast, we discuss sustainable impact investing, creating portfolios that match your values, and a variety of other topics such as financial education, social justice, and sustainable food systems. Do you wanna know if your investments seek the kind of accountability from corporations that you demand? Listen in as we explore the burning question, are you investing like you give a damn?
1: Hello and welcome to Deep Impact Investing with Kimberly Grego-Kyle from Horizon Sustainable Financial Services.
0: Kim, how are you? I'm doing good, Eric. So much has happened in the last few weeks. I have I lots to share.
1: <laughs> I'm so excited to talk to you today because I know a little bit of the secret behind what's going on today. You went on a trip and now you're back and we can I, talk about it.
0: Yes. So I, I've been talking about this for a year and I finally made my trip to Africa.
1: Because you had a guest on the show that planted a seed... That you were absolutely ecstatic about.
0: Yes. So last January, one of the releases was an interview with Priscilla Plummer, who is the education director for the Global Sojourns Giving Circle. Yeah. And when she told me about the work that their organization is doing with young women and also young boys in Southern Africa... I was beyond excited, and Mm -hmm. she invited me to come. So it finally happened. I went. Yeah, (laughs) so much to share.
1: Yeah, and now for the listener, because there is so much to share, you've said that this is going to be a two-part series. This is going to be two-part. Yes. Yeah. Don't rush. Yeah.
0: Tell me. I'm not. Yeah. I don't want to rush (laughs) through it. I really want to share um, so many different experiences that I had, and so I thought today we would focus on. um, my experiences with the girls clubs and the boys clubs. So that's where I want to, that's what I want to talk about. And I, it's, there's so much to say, I didn't really know where to start, but let me just give you my first impressions as, as I arrived in Africa. So I did have an overnight stop in Johannesburg
1: Okay, for, first of all, is this your first trip to Africa?
0: Yes, it's my okay. first trip, and wow. okay. it's not going to be my last.
1: Oh, all right.
0: Yeah. Um. You know. So I had an overnight stop in Johannesburg, which is just basically at the airport, um, mm-hmm. hotel. But we arrived. I met up with uh, two other women there in Johannesburg, who were coming on this adventure with me, in, in addition to Priscilla, yeah. and one of them is the new executive director savina and the other woman who joined us is a volunteer for the organization and she'd never been to africa either and you want to know what's funny she currently lives about 15 miles from me what yes (laughs) yeah (laughs) did you know that
1: before you went on the trip or did you find out seriously
0: yeah so she's living living in the town next to me you know as i've mentioned before i relocated to oregon finally and yeah. So it, it's crazy. We're going to have lunch tomorrow. I'm super excited about that. But anyway, it was the three of us. The three of us had n- never been to Africa before. And honestly, I think from the moment we arrived, it was mind blowing. Mm-hmm. Um, driving from the Victoria Falls airport in Zimbabwe into town. There's just animals Along the side of the road. And I'm not talking about dogs. I'm talking about (laughs) buffalo, and, you know, uh, occasionally you would see a zebra. Um, One night at at the end of our trip, when we were in Victoria Falls, uh, we came out of a a resort where we'd been having dinner, and uh, there was an elephant right at the stop sign
1: was he waiting his turn i mean
0: yeah i hope so because you know everybody else
1: is waiting their turn is what is going on he has the right of way
0: yeah exactly we were like uh there's an outfit right there that's fantastic and apparently they just stroll through town you know so you have to be careful you can't wander the streets by yourself at night yeah you know it's just not safe so (laughs) Because there's
1: (laughs) muggers, elephant muggers that will take your pocket for peanuts or whatever else they're looking for. Yeah,
0: exactly. And, um, (laughs) you know, the buffalo. And (laughs) so, you know, this is our first, uh, you know, thing that we're seeing. And we're just like, wow, (laughs) this is so different. Um, And, you know, we stayed at the home of a beautiful couple. They, you know, they have a, they rent it out two travelers and mm. you know it's just it was a beautiful place to be and in their company was so delightful and you know we really just hit the ground running when we got there
1: mm-hmm.
0: so that very first afternoon we went to visit one of the clubs one of the local clubs right there in Victoria Falls and meeting these girls and seeing their excitement They they were so excited to see us. Mm-hmm. And you know we we got to ch- to chat with them, have conversations, see the kinds of work that they're doing in their club. Um, the whole idea with Global Sojourns Giving Circle, if you haven't listened to the previous podcast, is creating a wraparound program for these young women. Mm-hmm. And when I say that, I mean working with their families. Um, making sure that they have food and clothing and ways to pay for their education. Yeah. Lower education is not free in Africa mm-hmm. and families have to pay. To like send like their...
1: what ages? When you say lower education, what ages are you talking um,
0: about? The equivalent of our, you know, first through 12th grade. Really? Yes. Yeah. They have to pay for I've that. i
1: heard of that before.
0: <laughs> right. It's crazy. And, Um, You know, education, we think of education as a right, but in, in Africa, uh, it's, it, it's a privilege Mm. because not everyone can afford it. And that just seems wrong to me on so many levels, but these girls are committed and passionate about staying in school and, you know, learning how to speak. To people, you know, to speak up about what they want. And when we were visiting the first club, it was so interesting because um, there were some some girls who had only been part of the club for a few months, Mm -hmm. had recently joined, and then some girls who'd been there for a couple of years already and were getting ready to complete their schooling. The difference in confidence levels between the newer girls and the girls who'd been there for a while is phenomenal
1: mm. and
0: they are ready to move on to university. They know who they are. Um, they so what unders- age
1: range are we talking about?
0: Yeah. So we, there were girls between the ages of 14 and 17. Okay. For the, for the specific club. Uh Most of the clubs okay, are, you so. know, that's, that's the prevalent age range. So every once in a while, there's a couple that might be 18 um, they don't really go younger than 14.
1: Talk about the formative years, right? I mean, right? I'm just listening to you talk about the first time they're there. You know, you're talking about a 14 year old, even, even in the U S dealing with kids, you know, 14 year old girls, there's not a lot of confidence there a lot of times, right. depending yeah. on what they've had surrounding them. And you're in a situation where. You know, I don't know if all of them have been to school already or have gone through a certain amount of schooling, but this, you know, fourteen—that is a great time to get into a program like this,
0: right? Wow. And they here's some really amazing things. So first of all, there's no more than fifteen girls in a club, um, mm. because they're providing all of these services and the mentors, and these are mentors who are from their communities. Uh, some of the mentors have been part of the clubs and Mm -hmm. gone through the whole program, gone to university, come back to their community to work with other girls and give them the same opportunities that they've had. So it's really amazing to see that. Um, The other thing that blew my mind is their first language is, is their native dialect Mm -hmm. in Zimbabwe, but school is taught in English. Everything is taught in English, wow, so a lot of times their comprehension of what they're studying is it, it, difficult. I mean, they have a really tough time with that
1: because mm-hmm. it's
0: not their first language that they're being taught in and in order to pass these upper level grades and they have these this to me it felt complicated <laughs> grading system, but I I don't need to understand it. So they just have different levels. And when you get in the upper levels, you have to pass exams. Um, You have to be competent in a minimum of five subject areas, but there are something like 15 to 18 different subject areas they can take exams in, in English. Jeez. Yeah. So they don't pass school if they don't pass these exams. And again, English is not their first language. So when we had girls who were, we did a reading comprehension discussion with this first group and the girls read this whole piece about education, um, the importance of education, not getting pregnant mm-hmm. um, and staying away from drugs. Cause that also of course is an issue there. And the girls who were newer in the club Definitely had a harder time with the comprehension. Yeah. Uh, so it's just amazing to see how much they can blossom mm-hmm. through this organization and just having someone who's there for them, no matter what. It's amazing. So those those things blew my mind. Um, another group that we've we chatted with the the next day um, was both a boys' club and a girls club so they had two combined clubs about 30-ish students Mm -hmm. and this was a much more rural location outside of victoria falls so with these young people um they really had almost no access to internet they were literally the only place they had internet and for most of them electricity was, um, at their club. And wow. so they would come there because, you know, they have to have access to internet to do research for their studies. And, you know, especially over the last couple of years, right. Cause so mm-hmm. many people have, been, you know, students have been at home. They were using a cell phone, one cell phone that they would pass among themselves to do their research on. Jeez. Right. And it it just, I was, like they're very dedicated because this was super important to them whether they were the boys group or the girls group now the um new executive director brought a donated laptop for them Mm -hmm. they were so excited (laughs) to have a laptop to work off of and all i could think of was Oh my god! I had an old laptop at home. I could have brought it with me, right?
1: Yeah. When you said that, I I thought the exact same thing. I've got one sitting in a drawer downstairs. I'm like, "Uh, I don't know what to do with this thing because I've got to wipe it clean, and the battery doesn't take a charge. But it works when it's plugged in. You know. I think most of us have something like that, right?
0: Yes, absolutely. Uh. And it just, I was like, it just takes so little um, to support them. Yeah, and it it's amazing. Now we did a a round circle with the mix of boys and girls who were there that day. A, a number of them were actually studying for exams that were coming up next week the the week after we were there, the um, few days following. So we didn't see everybody, but that's okay. So we did some icebreakers, which were funny, um, you know, and and just kind of relaxing and getting into it and then had an opportunity for them to ask us questions and we asked them questions. Right next to me was a young man who blew my mind. I think he was 15. Um, So he'd been in the club for more than a year. And, you know, when we asked, so tell us what, uh, what the most important piece uh, of that you're getting from your club. And he stood right up and and he shared uh, several times but he stood right up and he told us that getting access to education for them was you know really kind of life changing he yeah. used different words but also he was able to stand there and tell us how important it was for the young men to support women and yeah. to respect them and you know just it just blew my mind. I was like, okay, he gets it. Like he he understood the importance behind this whole process. Yeah. of of how educating young girls and learning to respect them more was going to create a better community for them. Love that. It yeah, it's just it's working and it's amazing. So, you know, we spent a lot of time with them that day and um you know, just talking with them and getting a sense of, of what they're doing and what they had been doing. So over the last two years during COVID, where most of their parents couldn't earn an income Mm -hmm. because it's, it's pretty much all in Victoria falls and with travelers. Yeah. So, so many of them were out of work. And what this club <laughs> did is, was amazing. So they, um, they started a gardening project. And these kids were learning how to grow vegetables to support their families. And the families didn't really know what they were doing around mm-hmm. this until they brought home produce that they really? grew. And so they, yeah, they were able to feed their families. Wow, during this time period in, in and they were so proud of that, and yeah. learning skills for um farming for their own families is amazing you you would think, oh, it's rural, maybe they already have this down but mm-hmm. the the way they farm is not water efficient, and it's all it all comes back to the rains. And it's interesting because we got there just before the rains started. And so they call they call October. It's so hot in October. It's crazy hot there. Um, they call it suicide month. So if you can make it through, you're good. Wow. <laughs> it's just so hot. Um, and then the rains come in November and the day we got there was the first big rain they'd had in Victoria Falls. Mm -hmm. Um, They'd had a few smaller ones, but it really poured. And they were so happy and so grateful because everything just takes off. And from the time we arrived to two weeks later when we left, the difference in how green everything was, Mm. it was so (laughs) phenomenal to see that this whole section of earth come to life. And and that's what these kids were doing over COVID is creating a a better way to garden and provide food for their families. And instead of just doing that in long rows with no specific water pattern, they just had to wait for, for the rains because most of them don't have water rights of any type. Um, they were creating... I call it, a, you know, it's, it's similar to what I do and that square foot gardening. So they had small sections where the water would pool into this Sandy, Sandy dirt. Mm. <laughs> I don't know how they got so much food out of it, but they had an amazing garden, um, already going. And so it, you know, they, they were so proud of that yeah. and they're learning to save seeds. And so I had a long yeah. conversation with, um, the one of the two mentors there, they happen to be a married couple and both of them went through the mentorship program. And, um, the, the gentleman's name is Nika and his wife's name is talent. So yeah. I, I love the names so yeah. that they have, uh, you know, the, the, the woman whose home we stayed in, uh, her name was blessing. That's awesome. <laughs> I know. I'm like, I need a better name. <laughs> so, um, but yeah, so um, it was just really interesting to talk seed saving with her and hear the passion also in Nika's voice about what he wants to do for these kids and and what he's been doing. So he is like gung ho, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to change the lives of so many kids. And he really is. He's probably going to be their kind of on the ground in Africa um, director because he's just put so much time and work into the programs that he's doing and sharing that with the other mentors. So, yeah, I I just, there's so much that happened. And one of the things I want to do is play a clip of one of the girls. So uh, again, another club, I think we went to six different clubs, but um, in this particular club, they were performing for us. So this was a a specialized club that was held at the home of an artist. Actually, the artists, uh, a married couple, are probably one of the preeminent artists in all of Zimbabwe.
1: Mm.
0: Uh, It's mind-blowing, the work that they have produced uh, over decades of time. And so this club is held in their... Um, facility. They built a separate building for it. And the kids, the girls do have to audition for this particular club, mm-hmm. but they can do poetry. They can sing, they can um, paint, draw, you know, it, it can be anything. Um, but the, it, part of their connection is to um, create art with them. So I, I recorded a clip I, I missed the first little bit of it, but I recorded a clip of one young lady doing um, poetry. Uh, you know, mm-hmm. reciting her own poetry, and you know, it's that um, spoken word poetry. Yeah. So yep. between that and the accent, it might be a little hard to hear. But I'll I'll kind of interpret that.
1: Well, I was going to ask you to go ahead and won't you say a couple of the phrases that she says first? Because oh, that's listener, a good
0: idea, listener. Here's
1: a thing what, what I think, what I got most out of this was her passion, right? I I was able to pick up the words and and Kim and I went through it a couple of times to write a few of them down. Um, but you need to hear those before you hear her because wow, she's fantastic. She's passionate. and, And that message will come through.
0: You're right. Let's do that. So, uh, a couple of the things I picked up and these aren't in any particular order, but, um, you know, she says, I see the mother of the nation and she's talking about, uh, her fellow students, Mm -hmm. you know, they are all part of this process. And, um, you know, she, she says several times educating a girl child and then continues on. So I think that's a, a big piece to pick up on, you know, education is a right. Um, a girl child has the power to influence a generation, you know, a, a girl t- a girl child should be educated without character assassination yes. I think is yep. is how it went yeah um but she is really standing up tall and and mm-hmm. you know there's a video of it but you know you're just gonna listen to it so let's let's listen to it and see what else we can pick out absolutely which creature but I see the mother of the nation. A girl child has the power to influence a generation without humiliation. She has the power to change privatization into publication. If we all rise as a human organization, for a girl child, we all shout congratulations. Let a girl child be educated without character assassination. For education is a right without preservation. Educating a girl child is educating the foundation of tomorrow. Thank you. So that last piece, educating a girl child, is a benefit for tomorrow.
1: Yes. Which yeah.
0: is beautiful, you know, hearing those words from her and mm-hmm. her again, her passion, my goodness, you cannot help but be swept along in that.
1: Um, yeah, and as as I was listening to it, of course, I get the benefit of of watching it, right? And and, and seeing right. that. And her body language is power. Her body language is influence. Her body language is just absolutely dominating that entire room. And And I can imagine being there firsthand like you were.
0: Yes. And (laughs) it was so great. Um, you know, just feeling her energy and the energy of everyone else in the room and how much they supported each other. That was beautiful. So uh, one of the girls stood up and she was going to sing. And so we were like, okay, um, exciting. Right. I love to hear people sing. Mm-hmm. Oh my gosh, this young waif of a thing busted out with op- opera. Oh, wow. Uh, right? I, <laughs> the the four or five of us adults in the room who were not mentors, my jaw was on the floor.
1: Now, I've got to ask because um, I did... I was part of choir and I did uh, some private recitals and things like that. And I sang opera a couple of different pieces and it was an Italian, uh, most of it. So what was she singing in? Was it, was it, she was,
0: it was, it was, um, it was Italian.
1: Yeah. yeah. I mean, so there you go. She's English is not her first language. Then she has to learn at this location even more in English. And then she's learning Italian to sing.
0: Right. Which is just crazy. Yeah. Amazing. And. Okay, we're going to come back to that whole piece about you singing opera because I didn't know
1: that. <laughs> okay, maybe I should overshare. Did I overshare that?
0: Yet? No. I'll, how about now? if I? How about if I overshare? So, um, <laughs> one of the other girls stood up and sang um, probably my favorite song ever. Really? Um, yeah. So it's Leonard Cohen's "Hallelujah." Oh yeah, absolutely. I. Yeah, so I love that song. And I was practically in tears watching her. And you know, we all clapped and I said to her, Thank you for singing that. That is my favorite song. And I have sung it many times. So then they made me get up and sing oh, with her. Oh no. How'd that go? <laughs> it was fine. It, oh, I mean, good. it had been a while since I had sung, um, you know, more than just in my car or, <laughs> yeah, or
1: shower, yeah, or, you know, yeah. yeah. Yeah,
0: yeah. But um, you know and i'm like okay what are the words what are the words
1: <laughs> So right. it took
0: me a second well, sorry. but it was fun um and she was just thrilled you know to have have us participate so yeah, <laughs> so much fun. yeah. um i i going to look at my notes a little bit because there's a couple of things i want to make sure i mention um you know it's education for them is very very difficult and you know, just having the opportunities that the Global Sojourns Giving Circle provides for them are beyond our comprehension yeah. as first world residents. Yes, And so when we think about what they have to go through, um, literally in this rural club with the boys and the girls, these kids have to walk from a couple of miles away to yeah. come. To club and they come faithfully every Saturday or Sunday, depending when their, their particular club meets, Um, you know, finding a way to support the boys who are also then supporting the young girls is life-changing and Mm -hmm. something that we have to continue to think about doing For them, you know, and, and yes, I do support education in the U S and I, I know we have a lot of issues here too. Um, but every child in the U S can go to school no matter what. Mm -hmm. And these young people have really had to fight for their education and they are passionate about it. Well,
1: let's, let's break it down one more level even you're talking about them needing to get internet to be able to study and barely having it. And if they don't, or the internet is out for a a time, which I'm sure there's not an incredibly stable system there all the time. Mm -hmm. Um, it's not like they're getting, you know, 2022, 2023 textbooks on anything. Oh no. These locations, if they have textbooks at all, they're really old. They're probably out of date and probably a bit of misinformation in those books to begin with. Right.
0: I, I'm sure. Research,
1: you know, I mean, there's, there's so many different barriers there and we're just talking about the basics. Right.
0: Right. Yeah. One of the things that we also did as a group, um, we brought books, um, oh, nice! for one of the clubs. So we were help, helping start their library. A couple of the other clubs we visited had pretty decent libraries and these were books you know they're their stories they're fiction um some of them are real life stories from other african writers mm-hmm. and um it was the purpose of that not you know we weren't trying to provide textbooks but we were trying to provide the opportunity for them to work on their english skills and also to um you know practice comprehension which is so yeah. important for them um and I just want to mention, I'm not sure where we are with time, but we might be getting up there. Um one, one of the things I did is I took some podcasting equipment with me down there.
1: I knew you were going to, but you haven't yeah. told me what happened.
0: I know. So I um took the podcasting equipment down there and the um the leader of one of the organizations that's actually in Zambia across the river. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so we were in Zimbabwe most of the time. And then we crossed the river into Zambia where there are some clubs and I took her the podcasting equipment. She's done one short podcast practice before I brought her the equipment and she was so excited oh, to yeah. use this new equipment. So when I get that first podcast from her, you can bet I'm going to share it with you oh, yeah. <laughs> and with Absolutely. the listeners. So yeah. Yeah. Um, So that was, that was exciting because they really want to talk about what they're doing and what, and interview the other mentors and just share their stories. So the girls want to share stories. And that's, I think a key piece. Yeah.
1: Um, Fantastic.
0: Yeah. So I just want to wrap it up and say that for these young women and boys being first in family to graduate from their educational system or go to university is priority. And, mm-hmm. um, you know, cause so many of them are coming from families that have not been able to support their education in so many ways. And so I just, I want to leave that as a key piece is thinking about providing them with the opportunities to be first in family.
1: Yeah. Wow. That's fantastic. So something keeps running through my my head, Kim, and this is just going to be just off the cuff here. Yeah. Um, I don't know if they have a podcast name yet or if they're thinking I know. about things, if there's a theme, <laughs> but I'll tell you what, November Girls keeps going through my head and I, I hope there's, I have not Googled it, so I hope there's not a, like a November Girls thing that's like a bad connotation, but right. when you were talking about the rains, the thing that kept going on was when they get into a program like this, just as the rain pours into the land and all of a sudden it starts to flourish and it starts to turn green and everything grows exponentially and quickly because of that. Yeah. November girls just kind of keeps running through my head because as they get into a program and they are poured into like this consistently for that month of November, quote unquote, I'm using air quotes on a podcast, right? (laughs) That month of November, um, when they're poured into how they flourish, how they grow, and the fruits of what is happening are visible.
0: It's all connected to the yeah. things I've been talking about. Absolutely. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. I like it. I'll pass it on. Yeah, you know, anyway,
1: I, I just love to, I love to hear these stories.
0: Yes. So if folks are looking for a year end donation, um, cash right. is so oh. important. <laughs> yeah. yeah. And so they can go to the Global Sojourns Giving Project and make a donation with them, every small amount helps. So I don't know, Priscilla would probably be really embarrassed, but um, they are very short in their budget for next year. And they're having to cut some programs for some of the, the clubs.
1: Yeah. So, and I'm, I'm going to throw a gauntlet for anybody that's listening. Um, Kim, you have a ton of listeners and I know there's some, probably some business owners out there. And if you're a business owner and you've had to upgrade, because everybody upgrades at the end of the year,
0: right? Right. This is the time,
1: capital expenses, you know, we need to to spend down the budget a little bit. Maybe you've gotten some new laptops and your old laptops are still okay and they can be wiped and repurposed. Yes. Anything like that. Think about what you could possibly do to impact this community. And uh, I'm sure Kim has some resources that you could contact her and find out how we could get a shipment going over there to bless them.
0: Absolutely. Um, we can do that. And I think emailing me is the best way to do that. And that's kim at horizonsfs.com. And I, I was going to say, you know, I mean, this is an investing podcast, but um, yeah, this all relates, right? Human, human rights, growth, investing rights. in people. Yes, absolutely. Yeah. So thank you for listening today.
1: Yep. Yeah. Thank you for hosting. This has been fantastic, Kim. Thank you so much. And of course, our last thank you does go to the listening audience. Thank you so much for tuning in and listening to the Deep Impact Investing Podcast with Kimberly Grego Kyle. If you have not subscribed to the podcast yet, please click the subscribe now button below. This way, when Kim comes out with a new podcast, it'll show up directly on your listening device. And we humbly ask that you share this podcast, rate and leave a review, especially this one. Get them started on this one right here, because this actually does help others find the show. Again, thank you so much for listening today. For everyone at Horizon Sustainable Financial Services, this is Eric Johnson reminding you to live your best day every day, and we'll see you next time.
0: Thank you for listening to Deep Impact Investing, the sustainable, responsible, impact investing podcast that shows you how to invest like you give a damn. If you have questions about this podcast or topics you'd like to hear addressed on an upcoming podcast, email us at kim at Join the conversation on Twitter at horizonssustfin or give us a call at 505-982-9661. Don't forget to click the subscribe button to be notified when new episodes become available. The companies we may speak about during our podcast are not recommendations for investment. Only you and your financial advisor can determine what the right investments are for you. Horizon Sustainable Financial Services, Inc. and its financial professionals do not render tax or legal advice. The information covered and posted represents the views and opinions of the host and or guest and does not necessarily represent the views and opinions of horizon sustainable financial services the content has been made available for informational and educational purposes only the content is not intended to be a substitute for professional investing advice always seek the advice of your financial advisor or other qualified financial service providers with any questions you may have regarding your investment planning. None of this content may be used or duplicated without the express written agreement of the podcast host.